I think we can all admit that sometimes it's easier to be nice to our coworkers than it is to be kind to our spouse. Unfortunately, this is something I really struggle with. I go home after a nice day of being gracious and, you know, very polite to people, and somehow the bad John comes out and Dina gets the worst of it. I'm John Fuller, along with my friends and Focus co-workers, Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley. And Greg, this is unfortunately pretty common, I'm thinking, right? I'm not alone? <laughs> it, it is, especially in, in our marriage, at least with me. I mean, it, it like you were saying, I mean, it's, it's easier to think a stranger, maybe to help someone, to be patient with a stranger than with our, sadly, our own spouse. I have good chances, though, because I'm Greg's coworker and his wife, so. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that is a good point. Well, the other day, Aaron was had a long day as a therapist in the office to seeing a lot of clients. And so she, I'd said, hey, can I get anything for you? And so she said, oh, I'd love a coffee. And so it's one of those, oh, I wasn't being serious. I was just trying to be polite. <laughs> oh, okay. Crud, she said I would something. bring my you know. coworker coffee. But... <laughs> exactly. So I, I went to get her coffee. Um, and Aaron always loves, she just likes multiple drinks. So I got our coffee, a big ice water. And, and as I'm getting out of the car, it dumps all over me. Oh. And so now I'm mad. Now I'm going, see, I knew it. If only it, she wouldn't have said she needs yeah, something. And yeah. it took every bit of strength for me to go back and get her another one to bring it back. And I was all put out and frustrated. I could have been home the whole time. And, and the the point being, I, yeah, I probably would have done that for someone else, for you, if that had happened. You and do not that all the time. Grumbling. But it's, just, it's interesting, though. It's I, mean, I don't know why, if it's just a comfort level yeah. or I just don't want to be bothered, don't get me out of my routine. I, I, I think there is a safety, right? In the home, there's a safety, and I can kind of let my guard down. Yeah which is not a healthy place to be. Let's go ahead and hear from Pastor Rob Flood and his wife, Gina, because they have been uh, very clear about mistakes they make in trying to communicate with each other. And here they are talking now with Jim Daly. Let me um, touch on something you also mentioned in your book with these words, and that is the the different behavior we tend to express between work and home. I mean, work, Mm. we're very polite. I mean, I can get, I understand that. I mean, even back when I worked with international paper, I mean, you're, you're always treating people with deference, you know, did you happen to get that order incorrectly that I need by next week? (laughs) But at home we can put on a different attitude, which is where's that thing we talked about getting? I thought you were picking that up. How come you didn't take that dry cleaning in or, you know, whatever it might be, but there seems to be less generosity, I guess is the right way to say it. Why wouldn't we reverse that or not? reverse it necessarily, but be kind to all. That's what the scripture calls us to do. Well, that's a good question. Why? The, the reasons could vary. One of the, the primary reasons that I've, I've discovered is people feel the consequences of being ungenerous at work immediately. That you're concerned the consequences would would bring a bad result in your life. And at home, the consequences often happen gradually. Mm. And so we give ourselves all of this slack at home where we don't, when we're talking with church members or in our small groups or at work, um, there is a, and the dichotomy that, that this shows 
is not just intended to to make the person feel bad. Well, look, you're duplicitous. That's not what we're we're after. What I'm after in pointing it out is that you really can do this. You can be gracious if you're spoken to harshly. You do it at work all the time. You can ask a clarifying question to make sure you get what's being said so your work reflects the the directions you're being given. These are skills and tools that you can do. So now let's do it in the most important relationship in your life. And that's so good to remember. You should never treat your spouse worse than you would treat somebody at work. I mean, I mean, it sounds simple. You Mm -hmm. should be treating them far better. That's right. I mean, that's the point. I mean, this is your cherished spouse. Mm -hmm. And it's a good reminder in that regard. Uh, My wife and I can relate to something you also mentioned in the book, and that is the night owl, the morning person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gene, I think you're the morning person, (laughs) which I am as well. And Gene's the night owl and Rob, that's you. So, uh, you know, one of the pictures I could paint here is, you know, it's 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'm ready to go to bed. I can't even put two words together. (laughs) And I lay down and Gene says, can we talk for a minute? Yeah. And I'm like, what? It's never going anywhere but down the toilet. <laughs> I mean, are you listening to me? I can't believe you fell asleep last night when I was telling you about my girlfriend. <laughs> but, Jeannie, you've experienced that, right? Yes. Yes, we have. We discovered pretty early on that if there was going to be any kind of serious conversation, that it needed to happen before 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there that's was a good one rule. night when we were in bed and he, <laughs> we're, we're in bed, the lights are out. He's like, starting to unburden to me something he's struggling with, a real struggle, something that we would typically have a conversation with. Now, we had been married several years at this point. We had worked through a lot of the rough spots, so that should be said. (laughs) But I (laughs) nothing left. So I was like, honey, do you want me to draw you out, or can I just tell you what your sin is? <laughs> oh. And I because I'm really tired. That's right. Let's finish the cut to the chase. She wanted to be helpful. I knew it was like 11:30, right? And so I, it's burdening me. Just tell me my sin, G. Just tell me. I, I need your insight. Um, but that's I wouldn't start relationships there. No. Uh, you want to build to a place sure, of confidence. Of course, and but trust. this is the comedy of it that's in right. some yes, regards, and right. knowing each other well enough to that's know right. when to pop this big point and, you know, want some feedback, mm-hmm. that's that's really knowing your spouse well enough to know when will I get the highest response rate possible. Right. right. And that's part of the tool of proper timing. Here is just knowing one another. Sometimes it's reading the person has had a really hard day. And yeah. you know what? This can wait till tomorrow or this can wait till the weekend so that I get him or her at their best. Uh, just applying that tool of proper timing really avoids so many unnecessary places of conflict. Well, Rob and Gina talked about uh, the early bird versus the night owl differences, Aaron. And besides certain times of day, what are some other situations where we might not want to bring up a difficult subject with our spouse? Well, it's being acutely aware of, is my spouse having a stressful day? Is this this a day that he's had a lot go on? Um, and I know he didn't sleep well last night. And so I love the acronym HALT, um, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, H-A-L-T. So hungry, angry, 
lonely, tired. And any one or combination of those four things would seem to be caution, danger, Will Robbins. Well, you think about when your blood sugar's low, are you going to respond as your best self? More than likely not. Sometimes you feel irritable or exhausted when you're you're hungry. Mm -hmm. So, and I know, Greg, you experienced that. I'm hungry right now, so (laughs) can we get on with this so I can go get some food? Can we not talk right now? (laughs) Well, into the... The danger, now this is so ironic because I'm saying this as a complete conflict avoider, as a total peacemaker. It, the, the, the danger is if, if I'm trying to gauge a situation, let's be honest, it, at what point would any of us determine, oh, yeah, now is the right time to bring this up? And, and to have some potential conflict, yeah. And, and so, I mean, keep in mind, it's, you know, we get that question from couples thinking about getting married, like, when's the right time to do that? Do I need to have this much money or do we need to accomplish this and travel here? I mean, no. So, so keep in mind, I mean, ideally, yeah, if it's at mid night, you probably don't want to bring that up like like they were talking about. But as you observe, I mean, keep that in mind. But at some point, you need to have those conversations. Right. And that's why I'm just talking on behalf of all the conflict avoiders like myself. If I'm trying to find that most ideal time, it will never happen. So do your best. I, I like Erin does this really well. She'll say to me, hey, later on, would there be a good time that, that you and I could just sit down and, and talk? And, of course, in that moment, I'm trying to goat her into, well, what about? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Is it my fault, your fault? And, and she does a good job just saying, you just tell me, let me know if there's a time I'd love to sit down and let, let's talk. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very helpful. It, it actually allows me then to prepare. It puts some responsibility on me to just to be at a right place. I begin praying and begin thinking about how do I want to show up. So we can't just hold out for, oh, the right, most ideal time, because mm-hmm. it's probably never going to happen. Yeah. And, and just one more thing to add to that, that it's always helpful to have kind of a prelude to your conversation as far as saying, you know what, this is really hard for me to bring up, but I really want to make sure that we connect about this. And so just letting your spouse know that this is hard for me, because every time I hear That's Greg she say- says to me, now I know why you say that. Every Clever time girl. I hear you say, wow. I am a conflict avoider, it's not that I love conflict. It's that Greg avoids conflict to keep peace in the marriage, where I want to talk about things to keep peace in the marriage. And so it's just two different stances of how we approach it. But I do not love conflict, but I try to do it as well as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I don't think anybody listening to this podcast would say, oh, yeah, it's pretty clear. Aaron just thrives on conflict. There might be I one. Thought that, that's a good, good correction. Well, once again, that little um, acronym that you had, Aaron, was HALT, hungry, angry, lazy. Lonely, oh. lazy, <laughs> lonely. Okay, you were looking at me when you said that. So once again, Aaron, uh, that little acronym you had, HALT, was what? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Okay, avoid those warning flags. Don't look for the perfect time, but try to... See what you can do to resolve the matter with your spouse as soon as you can. Now, for a gift of any amount to the ministry today to focus on the family, help us help others uh, donate today. Uh, We'll send you a copy of the book by Rob Flood called With These Words, which has lots of great healthy communication tips for you and your spouse. And with Valentine's Day coming up next week, we'd love to tell you about a new season of the podcast series, Loving Well. It's a lighthearted program about how you can show love to your mate, and we're going to link over to it in the show notes. 
Next time, we'll hear from Dave and Kirsten Samuel about how God brought healing to their marriage. For the Smalleys and the entire team, I'm John Fuller. Thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. 